Welcome to In the Clinic with Camille. My name is Camille Freeman. I am a registered herbalist and licensed nutritionist. And in this podcast, I share tips and tricks that might be helpful for other practitioners. Today, I am super excited to bring to you an interview that I did with Ruth Shelton. Ruth, who also goes by the Empirical Herbalist, is a consulting herbalist and teacher who works out of her apothecary in East Tennessee. Her herbal adventure origin story began over 20 years ago when she had a realization on the way to a job that was not very fulfilling, and she's been steadily studying and working ever since. I really wanted to bring Ruth in so we could hear more about a program that she ran in 2022, how she came up with the idea for this program, what she learned from doing it, and to provide some ideas and inspiration for those of us who might be interested in putting together our own classes and programs. So let me share with you this interview. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so we are here with Ruth Shelton. I'm so excited about this conversation. Um, Ruth, would you start out and just tell us a little bit more about your practice and your apothecary right now? Yes. Yes. Um, So my apothecary is in Powell, Tennessee. It's in East Tennessee. And um, I stock about 230 herbs. And I do custom uh, formulas for people based on their consultations. And then I have what I call selections of my greatest hits for people who aren't looking for um, something custom, whether it's time, budget, or whatever. And they can just purchase um, straight from the website or I set up at local markets um, kind of around the East Tennessee area. So Got it. And I teach so are- classes and I do a little bit of everything I feel like now. So <laughs> when you work with clients, are they coming to your space? Or are you doing those virtually or how do you work that? I do them both depending on whatever people would like. Before the pandemic, I had an office space in a natural healing um, community and then the pandemic hit and everybody did different stuff. So I pulled everything back to the apothecary and earlier this summer, we had a kind of a tragedy at our house where our basement flooded, which was incredibly stressful, but I got to turn the den into a classroom. And that's where I do all of my classes in more uh, casual setting. We have, you know, comfy sofas and chairs and can kind of spread out and do lots of classes, especially for like cooking classes and, you know, tasting classes. It's a lot more fun than setting at a table in the apothecary. Okay. Wonderful. And how long have you been running the apothecary and or uh, seeing clients? Um, the apothecary, when we moved, I guess about seven and a half years ago, but I've been seeing clients unofficially. I started seeing clients about 15 years ago, officially more like 10 years ago. Yeah. When people yeah. ask me how long I've been practicing, I'm the same. I'm like, it depends on how you want to say started. Exactly. <laughs> how exactly. do we define that? Yeah. And like people that I know or random strangers found me, it's very different. <laughs> so yeah. 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 Okay, great. Well, the reason I wanted to have you on specifically today is to talk about a program that you've been running, which sound, when you described it to me, it sounds so interesting. And I love hearing about things people are doing that are a little bit outside of the box or that combine herbal work with a different interest. Um, And so I really wanted to talk to you more about your sacred ally program and just dive into some of the details in case it's helpful for other practitioners to get some ideas for things they could do. Okay. um, Could we, could you just start off and tell us 
about the program? Like what, what is it? What does it look like from the participants perspective? Uh, yes. So um, I guess from the perspective, participants it is a monthly class they come to the classroom that we created and we do a deep dive into a very specific plant and um, we talk about everything from mythology lore uh, magical associations medicinal food growing the plant what it looks like relatives to the plant um, and we just go as deep as we can. We also have an exercise in every single class that relates to the plant. So they're completely different. It depends on the plant. We've done yoga exercises. We've done drumming. We've done, uh, we had a little dance party for lavender. We've, it just depends on the plant, different things come up. And so it's just a way to get um, a different association with a healing aspect of the plant. And we always have food and tea. And um, I don't know, we just have a really good time. It's just oh. a, lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. So you're meeting with folks once a month. Is that what's happening? Yes. And it's all in person. Um, I've not done anything except in person for this series. Mm-hmm. And um, it started in January 22. And it was supposed to end in December 22. But I had an add-on class in January. Um, it was just this plant. It, it was pretty insistent that I needed to talk about this plant. And so we added it on and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be adding on extra class and I'm just calling them sacred allies add-ons. So. Okay. What was the extra plant that couldn't, couldn't help but show up? Lemon balm. Oh, love it. yes. Yeah. It was okay. a beautiful plant. And I was very humbled because it was one of the first plants I started using 20 years ago, but things I had not put together in those 20 years it was just like, oh, this now makes so much more sense. Like, ah, <laughs> thank yeah. you. Yeah. And so how long are you together when on the days that you're meeting? It depends. So the way the classes got divided up is, um, well, it came to me, I guess the idea for the class came to me over a long period of time. At, during the pandemic, I would take daily walks and a friend of mine would come over and occasionally we would talk about different things. And I was doing um, kind of a personal therapy session online and I was doing them in my apothecary. And as we would talk about stuff, different plants would pop up in my head. Oh, this would be helpful for this. And this would be helpful for this. You know, it's kind of, I don't know, like herbalizing myself, which, you know, we don't really do a lot in our business, but, um, and I would be talking to my friend about it. And she was like, oh, I didn't know you could use that for any of that stuff, you know, because it's always like, what herbs good for psoriasis? What herbs good for this? And I was like, oh, no herb is ever good for just one thing ever. And um, it just kind of like set in my head. And I was like, I really want to do massively deep dives with people. And also like, I think the, everything about the plant is important. So the entire use from, you know, prehistory on, I think it's just important what we can learn about it. And so everything just kind of popped in my head one day and I was sitting at the table and I had the sheet of paper and I just divided it into three parts and I just listed exactly which plants. And it was like trees, flowers, herbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, these are the ones we're going to talk about. It's in this order. And it just kind of blossomed and bloomed from there. So, um, so yeah, it was just the way it got divvied up 
fit the seasons, everything. It was just kind of perfect. Um, and even the way the trees listed out, because it was very like I was downloading it, like it wasn't me being clever. I was just like, oh, this is perfect. And like I ended the tree with Lyndon and then we started up with Rose and then it just, everything just, you know, flowed really nicely. So um, yeah, it was beautiful. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So you pick one every month for a deep dive. Um, yes. And then you're, are you, were you meeting for several hours? It seems like this would not be like an hour long class. Yes. So at the beginning of each of those beginning sessions, so like trees was like a three and a half hour start because we had to talk about what the heck trees did in general. Right. And then flower slash rose was the same way. And then uh, when we did the herbs, so the beginning of each block would be like a about a three hour class, three and a half hour class. And then each individual one usually was about two, two and a half hours, kind of depended on the exercise that we did and the questions that people had. And obviously some plants had a lot more information, like not all plants are, you know, culinary plants. You don't do a lot of cooking with oak, but we talked about acorns and we did recipes and, you know, so mm -hmm. um, it would kind of depend on which plant if it went longer and I tend to talk a lot. So <laughs> we went really long and that was, I felt, you know, that it was okay. Like I had food and encouraged everybody to bring their own food. And it was just kind of a whole morning session each time. And then they could shop the apothecary. It was like mm -hmm. a day out for everybody. And I think after the pandemic getting out and being around like-minded people, it was a breath of fresh air for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did you, so you got this sort of download and came up with the plan. How did you think about who to invite or who would be the perfect person to join? I had you? no idea if anyone would want to do it. I really had no idea um, because during the pandemic, you know, we'd all tried different types of classes and outdoor classes and mask only. And, you know, and I was like, I don't know if anybody's even going to be interested. And, but I really felt like it had to be in person because the nature of the class, the revelations that people would have, like, oh, I've always liked this plant. I had no idea why, or my grandmother grew this plant or, you know, um, so I really wanted to create this intimate gathering. So I just did a video and posted it to social media. And I was like, who's in, you can sign up. Uh, initially you had to sign up for an entire block or the whole year. And then later I was like, that's not fair. Not everybody can afford to sign up for a whole block. Not everybody has the time to sign. So it's like, you could just a la carte and pick however you wanted to do it. But pretty much once someone took one class, they took the entire, they were like, I had no idea any of this. And then I would do like specials, like, well, if you sign up for the rest, I'll give you this amount off. And, you know, and, um, I think, I know it sounds cheesy, but we all got really connected and it was a lovely experience. Um, it was like we were, everybody who was here was completely meant to be here together. Mm -hmm. um, and one person signed up, she had misread because I posted everything on social media and then posted it on the website and, you know, would do like little blurbs. And one person assumed it was an online class. And so she signed up for one she wanted to take and I was like, oh, it's not online. It's in person. She was like, well, I can't take that one. And I was like, oh, I'll refund it. And she was like, I'll come do lavender. You know, like, I don't really <laughs> want to do lavender, but I'll come do lavender. And I was like, if you don't like it, I'll gladly refund your money. And she was like, this is the greatest class I've ever <laughs> taken. 
and it was it was just amazing it was so fun so she ended up doing the rest of the series and um she was like she has three small children she was like this is my my time you know Mm -hmm. and and it was just it was so cool so do you think the reason that it resonated with people so much was because there was that learning component but there was also the hands-on and the community Yes. And every single class, whatever we did, everybody got to take something home with them to play with. So the whole point was you have, like, if you're going to learn about these plants, you need to learn about all aspects of the plant, but I can tell you all day long, but if you don't do anything with it, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, it's just an educational process. So, um, they would all get to experience. And I think everyone talking about like, oh, I really like this flavor of this tea. Why do I like this better hot? Why do I like this better cold? And then the next session we would talk about like, did anybody have an experience when you were using, you know, this tincture or this glyceride or whatever? And they would be like, oh my gosh, I found the greatest recipe for blah, 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 you know? And it just, it was just everything worked so well together, everybody getting along. and I think also we're all a little bit quirky on, you know, the rest of the world, you know, it's not like everybody's like, let me tell you the history of Rose. And, you know, <laughs> but everybody was just really excited. It was totally something different. Um, it was just different than anything I've seen offered in our industry at all in 20 years. And it was here in my little Knoxville, like it was. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So how many people did you wind up having for most of the sessions? I talked it out at 10 because I wanted it to remain kind of intimate and I wanted everyone to feel safe. Um, And almost the first couple of classes, I think we had six. Um, And then of course it was a whole year long. So there would be some classes where it was like, oh, so-and-so is on vacation. So-and-so has COVID. So-and-so, you know, so it would be small, but pretty much we stayed at about eight to 10 for the uh, entirety of the series. Okay. Which I and thought that, was good. Yeah. That felt like a good number for yes, you. Yes. Yeah. And you could, I mean, anybody doing this, you could totally go larger and it depends on what aspects of the plants, but having it small and intimate, it was just really nice, especially when we were talking about mugwort and even lavender, like talking about trauma associated with those plants and how those plants work on trauma in the body and the mind. Um, it was nice for people to feel safe, like they could express questions or experiences they had had. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. And so from a, from a marketing and promotion standpoint, did you only use social media? And my newsletter, that was it. And your newsletter. Okay. And can you tell folks about the frequency? So did you just post it once and people signed up or did you have to kind of keep, keep promoting it or what what was that like? It was strange. So I did like a newsletter and then a post and a video and I don't do videos often. So that I think was kind of new. So more people watched it because, oh, it's her actual face Uh, because I'm more of a written person. So um, I did that. And then we had six people sign up for the for for the tree session and then I would just like I didn't do anything else ever I would show like pictures of things that we did in the class or like food that I'd made for the class because all the food recipes were very different um when we did marigold I made this amazing uh gluten-free dairy-free um chocolate iced 
brownie with marigolds and different chilies. And it was just the greatest thing. It was so beautiful. And it was true. Like I used corn flour instead of flour. It was just the most amazing thing. They were so delicious. Um, so I would just post stuff like that or, you know, just little clips of teas or talk about things. And then people started talking and then people were like, oh, we want to check this out. So Got it. So, yeah, so, so some... I would just do like, oh, I've got, you know, two spaces open for rows. Anybody want it? You know, that kind of stuff. And that would fill up. Mm-hmm. And how much were you charging per session? Um, each class individually. I can't remember what it was for the whole series. If you signed up, everything was discounted. If you signed up everything at once and then each block had a discounted price, but each class, if you bought it a la carte was just $59. Okay. So very affordable. And everybody had notes and everybody um, took home recipes. And um, if you took the entire series, I gave out a notebook that I created um, that people could put in there. But once people started doing a la carte, that just didn't, it was not affordable for me to do that for everyone. So, yes. Okay. And what was the, when you look back at the full year, what do you think of as the highlights or the, the reasons that you're really glad you did this? like everything was such a highlight. Um, it was, um, the individual plants, even ones I was very familiar with, like dandelion's my favorite plant. It is like, you know, my model on all of my labeling, everything, but even researching further, like the knowledge that I gained from going in further with the plants, um, watching people. I love that aha moment. And, you know, we're talking in class and they're like, Um, like that was just beautiful um and some of them are plants that never get talked about or only get talked about in you know little tiny tidbits or whatever and so that I felt like I don't know it sounds cheesy but like I was you know introducing them to people and sometimes people who would have never I mean there were lots of people they were like oh I would never take this class but so-and-so said it would be really good um and just watching them work, like watching the plants work with the people. It was just, it was beautiful. I loved it. It, it saved me last year. Like it truly saved me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It felt like a fulfilling. Yes, absolutely. Fulfilling endeavor. Yes. And just like, I don't know the way the plants would show up at the exact right time for multiple people, if not everyone in the class. It was, it was beautiful to see, like, I didn't know this was going to happen, but guess what? You know, like Marigold, particularly, I was like, I did not know anything about this, about Marigold. This is quite interesting. So Mm. it was good. And it was, it's the African Marigold. I talked about both like Calendula and the Tajits, but we spent most of the time talking about Tajits um, or uh, Simpasuchil is the Aztec name for Marigold. So hmm Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so what are your next steps? Are you going to do this again in 2023? Are you just going to do add-ons as you go? Or what are you thinking moving forward? Well, I talked to everybody at the class just to see what they were thinking. Cause multiple people have been like, can you do it again? And, you know, like do different herbs. And I was like, it took a lot of time and prep for each class. I mean, I'm like a research dork too. So I would be like, I'm reading 13 books on roses today, you know, like this is what I'm going to do. 
So it took a lot of prep. So I don't have time to do another complete series this year. So I'm just going to do like some add-ons. And I was talking to the people at class and they really would like me to do an online version for people who don't live here. And so I think I'm going to look into launching that. But I listened to your podcast. So I know that you were talking about make sure that you have a good... um, a group to cast this net if you're going to invest in doing online education. And so I'm working on building that, um, I guess, profile so I can do it and not sink the business. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the nice thing is if people are asking you for it and if you've already done the research for yes. a lot of these classes, that does lower the bar a little bit in terms of the expenses and the you know, how you weigh out, whether it makes sense to do it. So that's, a- yes, yes. And I was thinking about having an option where you could, you know, her, like each class had different like things to take home. So like when we studied cedar, um, everybody got cedar blocks to whittle and, you know, like, so people, you could, I could mail you a package of things with cedar tea and, you know, or you could just do it on your own. But I really think the experience, the personal experience with each of the herbs is very vital to this whole class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I love about this so much, Ruth, is that you just got the idea and gave it a try. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people have the idea then moving from the idea to giving it a try is where people get stalled a little bit. Um, I don't know if you have any advice for folks who might have an idea, a little kernel of something in terms of how to just bring it into the world or anything you'd share with those folks. Well, like I said, I'm a, I'm a geek about things. And I really kept hearing, you know, if you build it, they will come from uh field of dreams and truly I'd had so many classes that failed, like no one signed up the previous year, like miserable classes. Um, but I I just had to have faith that it was going to be okay and that somebody would come and, um, and they did. And everybody came who was supposed to come. So if you have this idea to do something, it's not there just, you know, randomly you should follow through, try it. And you don't have to commit to anything like an entire 12 month project. Like just, you know, do it, literally do it. See, what I, I love that you brought up that you've had ideas before that haven't worked because I think we oh, hear yeah. about the successes. <laughs> we hear about the things that did work and the perfect people. And it was so fulfilling. And then there's all the things that led up to that, which is like, oh, I had this great idea and nobody else thought it was great. Oh yeah. So many things that I'm like, this is going to be the the class that puts me on the map and everybody's going to love this and crickets, nothing, like literally nothing. And then people are like, why did you cancel that class? I'm like, no one's not. <laughs> no. And it was the same marketing. It was, you know, maybe even marketed better. Um, you know, sometimes I'll do flyers and, you know, do all kinds and just like, nope, not right. And whether it was just the topic was totally off, not the right time. I don't know, but you got to keep, keep on going. So keep on going. Yes. I love it. Um, are there any last things you would say to somebody advice to herbalists who want to offer something similar or their own twist or their own creative idea, any suggestions in terms of like how, you know, things you would do differently, how to promote it, how to prepare for the classes, anything along those lines that you want to share with folks? (laughs) I wish I had gotten more research done 
on the front end instead of um, like, I'll be like, oh, I'll have plenty of time and then get hit with clients or a kid has an issue or something. And I'm like, I have four hours to figure out how to do all of these things. Um, so prep would be great. Like um, the more time you can get ahead of it. Like I wish I'd finished at least one tree before I launched the class, but I was worried. Like if I do all this research and nobody comes, nobody's gonna, you know, like I'm just out, out all this time. Um, but yeah, so to get a little bit ahead, to give yourself a little cushion would be nice. Um, because there were some classes like, I was writing it the Friday before the Saturday when people showed up and that was not fun. Um, I don't think it showed in the final work, but I felt it like in every bit of my body. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it would have been nice to have done it. Um, but yeah, and just, um, I don't know. I'm not a good promoter of myself. I'm horrible at it. I'm just awful at it. So um, find somebody to help cheerlead you along. And what does that be your hype person? Like, that would be helpful, like to have a hype person um, and just do it. And if it doesn't work, save all the prep work that you've done and then maybe do it again. Like I tried to do a mushroom class and no one wanted to do it. And now everybody's like, have you thought about doing a mushroom class? I'm like, huh? <laughs> actually, I have it all written. Yes, <laughs> I'll do that later this year. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, this was so fun and I love hearing how this manifested and came into being and all the um, ideas and juicy little bits of the behind the scenes pieces. Yes. Um, so if people want to learn more about you or follow along with what you're doing next, how, what, how can they get in touch or follow your work? Um, my Facebook page, it's just the empirical herbalist. My uh, website's the empirical herbalist.com TikTok's the empirical herbalist, anything. And it's E M P I R I C A L. Um, I know it's a weird word, but I thought it was very clever and it will always be the empirical herbalist, no matter how many times people try to tell me not to, to you know, tell, keep it. Um, but yeah, you can find me on all of those social medias, Instagram. Um, Great. That would probably be the best way. Yeah. And um, I do have, if anybody's in the um, East Tennessee, Kentucky area, I do have kind of an interesting class option coming up. In the summer, I'm going to be teaching a two-day course at LMU, Lincoln Memorial University, on um, herbalism in Appalachia. And we're going to do a deep dive in like the history, the immigration, the, uh, you know, flora and fauna, and then you actually get to make stuff and take home with you. So it's going to be really cool. Fun. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I can put links to all of that in the notes for the podcast if people want to <laughs> do easy click. And um I just thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you so much, Camille. It was so fun and so great to see you. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks for listening to In the Clinic with Camille. Hey, did you know that I write a weekly practitioner note for herbalists and nutritionists? If you would like to get that in your inbox, you can sign up at camillefreeman.com newsletter. Love to have you join us there.